0: Hey there, welcome to the Sasha Sterling podcast, Exploring All That Is Sacred. So glad you're here, let's jump in. Hey there and welcome, this is Sasha Sterling and this is the Exploring All That Is Sacred podcast. Thank you for joining me for the kickoff first episode and it felt really right, that our first conversation would be with my steadfast, lifelong ally, greatest teacher, my mom, Kat Carosello. Hey, mom. Hey there. (laughs) So Kat is the founder of Journey Path Institute, and we're going to have a really, I think, really interesting conversation around what is midlife. And um, Kat has a body of work that she's been developing that I find really, really interesting. And um, but before we dive into that, um, I wanted to share kind of behind the scenes what's been going on in my life. I've been in this sacred pause, this transition time post divorce, and the you know the new life of is starting to show itself. Um, But in this in between time, we've been living. Me and my girls have been living at my mom's house, and it's been. So powerful to have this multi-generational experience right now, as we're recording, we're in different parts of the same house. So before we dive into midlife, mom, I wanted to hear how this experience has been for you witnessing my journey and also having us be in your home for this last six months.
1: I think what's fascinating is, you know, I got to put my money where my mouth is. I believe in multi-gen homes and it was such an opportunity and you know, all of the things that sort of cause the um, uh, the reasoning behind making certain choices beside the point. There's this really powerful opportunity to live together, to be together, to collaborate, which I love. And it's been pretty amazing watching what happens because everything that I hoped would happen has happened. And and the connection and the commitment to one another has really increased, especially the girls thriving with accept more access to, you know, different decades of experience and different input, whether they want it or not. But I think that there's been this wonderful opportunity to see where collaborations bring something new to the surface. And that's what I sense in this pause for you has been also establishing a new way of being, uh, uh, inviting new personal awareness that leads to, you know, directional choices and all the things that make up our lives.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It it has, it's been really profound. It's been so profound. I, you know, my daughters are 12 and 14 and, um, yeah, we just, we're bringing different experiences and weaving together our stories in such a, such a beautiful way and just enjoying life together and meals together and, um, it's been something I didn't know I wanted, and I know that I'll look back as a you know my future self. I can a- I can already feel the the joy of my future self <laughs> for this this period of time, and really to hold it with a lot of reverence. So, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's not always easy. I mean, let's be real: parenting isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tweens and preteens and teens aren't easy, and there have been moments. Especially in the beginning, where I said, I don't really want to do this again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do 12 and 13 again. <laughs> you know, I had three kids. But I think what's interesting is I mean, first of all, my connection and commitment and love and desire to participate helps move through those moments as it did when I was parenting, you know, my own teens and preteens, my, you know, there's a long term commitment. But then there's also my willingness now to change to see the feelings and also allow them to be embrace them and know that it's it doesn't mean anything.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It does that moment of a feeling will pass. And my long term commitment to being connected which is really the most important thing to me mm-hmm. you know forging connection I think in everything I do um and creating these collaborative environments where women of all ages we happen to be a big woman oriented family we have little women and medium women middle-aged women and <laughs> women and the two men in our family feel
0: you know A little offside sometimes. Oh, my goodness. And now the honorary new man, my boyfriend of eight months and his two sons. So we definitely, we have some, we have some male energy. We
1: have all of the, yeah. And I love that because the influx of, I have three granddaughters, you know, the influx of, you know, these amazing men who all are gifted and bringing different things and also bringing that multi-generational experience and blending families, which is really exciting. So we've blended a family, mm-hmm. albeit maybe temporary. <laughs> and and this idea of a blended family, an idea of a chosen family, an idea of enlarging the family, um, expanding ourselves—I I see it as beneficial all the way around. I know I've grown, and I feel entirely different. Mm. Um, you know, six months down the road with our you know, multi-gen house. Mm -hmm. And I share it with my, you know, when I'm on my calls and with my people, I'm like, yep, we're doing multi-gen house now. All the rooms are filled.
0: (laughs) Every single room is filled. Every single room is filled. It's such a, you know, and when, when, uh, when, Shane and I, my ex-husband decided to move to Texas. You were, you know, from California We're we were California people. You just didn't skip a beat. You're like, yep. Okay. I'm on, I'm ready for the adventure too. And you sold your house and bought a big house here. And thank goodness. Cause you had enough rooms for, <laughs> for me and the girls, but you've been such a model to me. You, I mean, when I was young, you were so interested in, you brought so much myth and magic and, um, fables. And, you know, I was always the best dressed kid at the Halloween parties because you were also a um, costume designer. And so you've always modeled to me this curiosity around parts of self, even before you use that languaging. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for myself, it's been very out of my comfort zone this last three years, admitting That the dreams that I had pursued had had expired, you know, a marriage, Mm -hmm. a business, Mm -hmm. and the tendency to beat myself up for things that quote unquote failed. Really, Mm -hmm. you have helped me to temper it and look at this this you know change through a new lens. And so, part of why I wanted to shift into midlife, like first off, what is midlife? But then also honoring the all of the many cycles, you know, that we're moving through as people, as women, and how they work together and don't work together. And I know this is such a foundational part of your work that you do in Journey Path Institute. So, pass it to you to expand on that.
1: Well, the first thing I'm going to say is that I believe that midlife is long and deep and wide. I think that midlife for some of us starts before we're 30, especially if we have kids and for sure by 35. And it extends to 75. Now, you know, I've thought about this for a long time. I work with a lot of ages and stages and ideas that bring us through different cycles and phases of life. And I've also experienced a long life. I'm in, I'm 61 now, you know that's I've I've been through a lot myself. but I think that midlife, Because we are living so much longer, midlife takes on a new proportion. And midlife, if we can stretch it and see its bounty and its challenges and the cycles of midlife, the different roles, the different ways we approach this part of midlife that's entirely different than how we might approach a different part of midlife, (laughs) different when we're, you know, 30 or 35 or 40 than when we're 50 or 60 or 70. But midlife also prepares us and leads us into what I call the wisdom years, elderhood, whatever that means to each of us. Of course, we each live a different life cycle. We live different life lines. Literally, some of us uh, live long you know, lives into our, you know, pushing towards 100, some shorter lives. But, but if we can look at midlife as this broad swath of dynamic possibilities, ways to meet our challenges, and ways to meet ourself, ultimately, circling back to the self and restoring balance, restorative healing, finding the new path, diverted by challenge or um, something, you know, unexpected happening that is a constant in our lives. And we know that by now. But how do we meet ourselves in the fullness of potential and possibility, even in our darkest, lowest moment? And when we get confused as women, I think, you know, when when life gets complicated, I think midlife offers us a brilliant opportunity to pull a new archetypal energy and shift our story and literally step into a new story. Sasha, isn't that what you're doing in this pause time is giving yourself space to step into a new story and unwind from the roles and the ways in which you were engaging life to shift perspective and give yourself space.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I didn't realize the the pressure that I was putting on myself to stay, stay the same. And um, it mm-hmm. all, you know, the box, just the box that I had created for myself just exploded. <laughs> and so how do you help people? I mean, I know personally how you have continued to, you know, continue to model multiple perspective inclusion you're one of the most inclusive people I know um well it
1: really goes back to recognizing that we as women I mean and I primarily work as women as a depth coach I use a Jungian based approach to my coaching and my classes and my bodies of work and my trainings and I do personal work and professional work but Um, I really believe in women being mirrors to one another and that we are all, all of us. And we are everything we have ever been. So we carry inside of us the infant and the elder. We have all of these different parts of self and perspectives and archetypal energies at our disposal to utilize, to foster relationship with. Mm -hmm. So, when I think of also creating environments where um, we see one another, we also see ourselves. When we share our stories, we see ourselves. We remember a part of life that comes to the surface and then we walk with it. We allow it to, to take a breath and take up space again. So, it's inclusivity is also a way that we move some of the shadow stories or the shadow habits that we have that keep us stuck or keep us married to a certain role. And the only reason I know this is because I was an incredibly loyal first wife, incredibly dedicated to a marriage, to making it work, to you know, staying um, at the top of my game and, you know, being everything to everyone as I was raising my kids. And I burned out, you know, and I broke down, kind of. Like, I've experienced my version of that too, where I was so dedicated to an idea that I couldn't really let go of it. And then when I had to let go of it, I really had to learn how to be back in the center of my own life and build relationships with what was mine so that I could use my own source material to then start to step into my new stories and reinvent. Flexible women, and I think flexibility is one of our best um, sort of resiliency assets, Because we're asked to constantly change and adapt. We're in a changing and um, sort of constant flux in the world. Uh, There are a lot of things that we have thought we could count on that we can't. So how do we manage? How do we move through life? Increasing our ability to shift perspective and honing our skill of flexibility and possibility by fostering a relationship with potential, poten- energetic potential. That's ours. That's, you know, what exists in the world, what exists in our lives. And it's a meeting of all of that. That's inclusivity too. Mm-hmm. Not blocking it out because we. it's a shadow story of I can't have that. I can't be this. You know, I've failed. So those stories that get kind of stuck with language and words and ideologies and perspectives have to get, we have to stretch our capacity to hold more. And I think we do that both. It's a singular process. So I do a lot of one-on-one work because we are on a solo journey and we are on the journey with ourselves. So I, I love doing one-on-one work, but I also think we do it in these collaborative environments, both uh E-courses, global gatherings, you know, and then also um, retreat where we get together in real time. And we're doing that again, which is fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah, we should share about the Austin retreats. We have an amazing Journey Path Institute has an in-person gathering. Normally, the gatherings are in Europe, the the goddess retreats. And so this is a really exciting offering this year in 2023. Do you want to share a bit about that? Yes,
1: it is um, the Art and Soul Equinox Retreat is what we're calling it. And it is a gathering in a luxury um, space right outside of Austin. So only 40 minutes from the airport, which makes it super convenient, um, you know, to sort of fly from wherever. And even from the coast, it's, you know, two and a half hour flight. It's um, easy to get here. But we're going into the Texas Hill Country. This is really, really beautiful land. We have this exclusive space. We are really cultivating and curating this incredible experience, a complete immersive creative experience with luxury accommodations, which is kind of cool because I know I like a little luxury (laughs) and we have this beautiful space. We're going to have... um, thematic days, we're really creating as if we're in a living landscape. We're going to co-create an experience of the mythic journey, of what it is to step into a different story at different times of every day. And we're going to gather for these beautiful um, evening meals in different locations, a vineyard, a chapel. Uh, we're going to have a temple dance. This space is absolutely lush and so beautifully designed with these beautiful buildings that were brought over um, from Vietnam and rebuilt on site. It's 250 acres. We're going to be doing nature walks. I have a uh, one of my colleagues who works in the Institute is coming to lead a um, Jungian-based intuitive dance, and she's from Switzerland. We we just have wonderful women gathering. We're going to do some co-creative work. We're going to work on expanded archetypes. Uh, it's just a really exciting opportunity to gather. And Sasha, you are going to do some co-leading. So it's a fun opportunity to also feel the energy swirling between many generations. And we always have these beautiful intergenerational experiences, because as women, you know, I work with women in their 20s, I work with women in their, you know, all every decade through, um, probably into 80s. Because we are vibrant women, we are all seeking the special magic that we foster, when we start to work with personal myth and expand our life story in the way that we do. And cultivating that with creative process is sort of the icing on the cake, because when we move our energy on the page and start to create images that reflect who we are, we see more of our facets. We really expand our ability to see and work with these beautiful powerful qualities um that get hidden sometimes inside of life.
0: Yeah. It's it really is going to be a a phenomenal retreat. So the, the wherever you're listening to this just check out the notes section and there'll be a link to look at all of the information, the dates and everything. It is a luxury, I mean, oh my god. The it's going to be decadent and and also I really believe a lot of healing is going to happen and a lot of shared yeah. wis- wisdom. I have a friend who's coming and she's in her early 40s and she's actively raising many children <laughs> between tweens and college age. And yeah. we were talking a few weeks ago and she just was like, I just am so over it. I'm over trying to like be, be quote unquote successful. Like I'm not investing in any more, anything else. The only thing I'm gonna invest in is is a wise elder. Mm. And we had this really dynamic conversation about this, like this absence. She has; she has a wonderful relationship with her mother, um, but it just like there's this ache for more community and more mm. perspectives and and something else. And so when I share this with her, she's like, "That, that's it." And I know at your last retreat in Hawaii, there was women of all ages. There was a mother yeah. combo. You know, woman, yeah. very wise well, you know, mid twenties yeah. all the way up
1: into late seventies, and we yes. were all alike. Hmm. See, this is what's so unusual about, I mean, I've been doing this work for almost 20 years. We have fostered a lot of community here in Journey Path Institute, mostly through online programs because that's really where I started um, a long time ago before before there was Zoom, you know, before (laughs) the explosion. But this is how we have fostered, I mean, global communities and women of all ages and the layers of what we want at certain ages and how we find it is exactly the same. We have to go back to the the soul self and look at where we are in our journey, but understand the expanded self to meet all of these distinctive um sort of midlife archetypes you know i'd love to share the circle of nine the names of the circle of nine these archetypal energies that travel with us from midlife wherever you know you're beginning or had did begin your midlife journey all the way through to to maybe where that midlife shifts into elderhood wisdom years these, this circle of nine, these archetypal energies travel with us and shift position, uh, helping us to uh, move through at times when when we need assistance. So they become allies. This inner council can be powerful. So when I talk about the circle of nine, it's these are archetypes that I developed and have really put a tremendous amount of work in over the last year. But think about this, as you hear the names, this council of archetypal energies sitting in a circle with you. No hierarchy, but interconnection, different relationships at different times. We work with Rising Woman, The Edge Dancer, The Weaver of wild. The story healer, the wisdom keeper, the seer sage, the priestess of prisms, the midwife of life, and the rooted one. And probably you already resonate with one almost as a primary, like, ooh, I'm called to know more about this energy that can be, that can be something. I can work with as primary but i think these archetypes they cluster they work together they bring us their stories they expand our perspective this is the work that i think we all need whether we're 25 and feeling you know you know raising kids and ready to have these conversations or 75 and at the edge of the wisdom years ready to have these conversations each of us will have a completely different experience and connection with each of the circle of nine these midlife archetypes so i'm really excited about this work too expanding the field with this conversation what is midlife if it is long and deep and wide what do i need to survive it and thrive within it and i think it's the this kind of archetypal energy and this kind of collaborative creative conversation that we have with one another women of all ages coming together to really be together to be seen to be known uh to exchange our spark Mm. that's exciting that's (laughs) exciting
0: Mm. yeah it's it really is exciting and you know, for you here listening, if you're feeling called and curious, uh, you know, to join us, definitely, definitely check out the check out the link and I really, there's no pressure, right? Like, come as you are, come as you are. It's mm. an intentional space to connect with yourself first, first and foremost, mm. right? And and maybe there's a story that you've been living that really just wants to be witnessed, or maybe you're, you know, you're you're bursting with energy and creating, you know, you're yeah you're new or, you know, so can you, can you share a little bit Kat, about maybe the different, you know, just cause I know sometimes when things are hard, there's an, there's a, um impulse to kind of pull back, you
1: know, recluse. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I've been there. I've been there myself. Yeah. Listen, I, I was drawn to doing the work in the way that I have created and cultivated it as a, you know, in what I call the creative depth approach, I use the language of depth because it encompasses the good, the bad, and the ugly. It encompasses all of our human experience. And while we may have a hard time embracing something that we feel is harmful or we're struggling with, um, into the process of integrating and healing is to find us a way to hold what is. And so I think when we can come together and share our stories and be true to ourselves, the level of truth-telling that I experience still within this work, still within the circles that I lead, uh, because I participate in everything that I lead, um, is phenomenal. This is, to me, it's living energy. It's cultivating a way to be uh, more aligned and true to my truth. So I think that truth-telling is a big part of it. And also witnessing one another, um, recognizing where we are and telling the truth about it can be really hard. Uh, I, I think that sometimes, you know, we judge ourselves by how we think others will judge us. We carry stories from the past. We carry assumptions. Uh, The world tells us certain things. And how do we, how do we actually make change? How do we make space for the potential of transformation. Mm. So I think it's about being bold, finding the courage, you know, and then deepening curiosity to develop more of a sense of the journey that there is a, there are multiple pathways in this experience. Mm. You know, however, we come into experience matters. And we don't always see how it's going to change us or grow us. Evolutionary growth is hard. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, oh, nobody said it would be easy. But those of us who are really called to the work, called to transformational work, yeah. depth work, to be deep, to, di- deep di- to, to dive deep, and love our <laughs> love, love life that much. To be willing to go to the edge mm-hmm. is part of part of the truth that I think brings us together as women, as kindred spirits, and we you know, we play and we find pleasure in how we do it. And we um, energize and ignite, you know, the possibilities and we start to shift stories and feel passion and all of these things happen. We're almost making space for the living energy to be illuminated and enhanced, I think, within these conversations, these creative ways. And and all of these opportunities to 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 do this work. Um mm-hmm. become practices, become uh, our 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 skill building. They develop our ability to to do things differently ongoing.
0: Mm. Mm, I love it. Yeah. There's I'm thinking of a woman who's coming to the retreat who she she has multiple, many different roles and, and timelines and desires and things that are happening. She's caring for two Elderly parents, and she's in a rebirth of her business offerings, and she's newly dating, and there was you know, a health thing, and 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 something that I really appreciate about you and the work that you know you that you teach and share in Journey Path Institute is really honoring these multiple truths and not mm-hmm. keeping people fixed. Like there's r- room to express and voice a truth. But not, we're not holding people there, and there can be. It's just so dynamic and layered, and and deep and high, and the joy and the depth and the grief, and like there's just so there's. It's unlike anything I
1: because we work towards not denying anything, Mm -hmm. and in in allowing, there's expansion. You know, enter through enter through the wound that's kind of a al- alchemical statement but you know entering through the wounded place doesn't mean you're going to be you know screaming in pain it it means you are willing to to meet yourself in a truth i believe in parallel truths i believe in 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 multiple pathways, I believe, and having worked with tens of thousands of people over the last twenty years, in all kinds of different ways—some very intimately, and some very broadly and you know programs or um, challenges or offerings—that um, this is life-changing work, and I get emails almost every day from people who have engage the work in some way, shape, or form, who expressed to me what it does. Even something like creative discovery archetypes quiz. I get emails all the time. This is unbelievable. I don't know how you knew this. This is right on. This is so illuminating. This is putting words to what I've been feeling and didn't know. Then we have this whole parallel process Ignite and Archetypes of Midlife, a program opening in a month, um, that, you know, where we meet a whole new set of archetypal energies and spend four months really exploring the value of who we are and how we are interconnected with all of these new experiences and expressions that come through the view or the perspective of an archetypal ally or guide. And we work a lot with the imaginal because the imaginal is synonymous with the day-to-day experience. The imaginal meaning, you know, the ability to move into symbolic language and metaphoric language and to experience uh, the journey sometimes like we do a dream where we move into that that. REM state where we um, can expand and travel. Um, the Aboriginal Aboriginal Maori people uh, in the Southern Hemisphere call this dream walking, uh, but and uh, Carl Jung called it the act of imagination, and I call it fostering um, the imaginal and using the intuitive channels to start to get to know ourselves in that broader context.
0: Well. Yeah. So I'll put a link as well for the program that Kat just mentioned. It's so you can do it from the comfort of your home. It's uh, virtual. So we have a global community coming together for that. It's called Ignite, Evoking mm-hmm. the Archetypes of Midlife. And mm-hmm. it's a four-month deep dive celebrating the magic of midlife and beyond. So if you're called to these archetypes that Kat re- referred to earlier, this is an excellent place to get started. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it begins end of end of March, early April, right? Yeah. And you're
1: going to do a little yeah. guest guest sharing there too and uh sort of bring together uh, um so we're working with you know the idea of roles to Soul how do we transition and start to shift into new awareness about ourselves so we work with really practical kind of ideas and then these really expansive ideas is just going to be beautiful
0: yeah well and I'm just I'm so intrigued by this conversation because midlife snuck up on me I'm 37. I'm going to be 38. I was like, whoa, you
1: are in you are in this stretch this span of stuck up on me. But what does it open to you now knowing?
0: Exactly. And I definitely was initiated. I say midlife began for me when Howard, my dad, your ex husband passed away when I was 33. And the initiation into grief definitely like heralded me into midlife. I didn't know. But you know, I just I had a conversation with some friends who we we were running a marathon. We were the last people we walked, we walked the 5K. <laughs> we were the last walkthrough because we started talking about um that book that's so popular, Hagatude. And I know you reference that mom, yeah. um, but like there was this Well, we went- and
1: I know Sharon, I've known yeah. Sharon for years. And what's so interesting is how bodies of work and I've talked to a lot of professionals about this um in my field in the depth field because we find this quite often that we start to lean into these bodies of work and it's like a morphic field we're all drawn to this work so haggitude is beautiful
0: um yeah it's amazing but it wasn't it wasn't resonating with like the, my friends that are still like, we're in our thirties and forties and we're still raising kids. We, yeah. We're like, you know, we were joking, like, you know, we could get yeah. shirts printed like Crohn's in training, but there's this whole like mid zone around like, wait, but what, like, how do I find my empowerment and my way through this? I think underserved conversation of midlife, modern midlife, not did, midlife 30 years ago. Did. Yeah. I
1: completely agree. I told you a while back that I was um, listening to um, uh, somebody on a podcast and they were talking about putting together this group of, of women who feel invisible and my ears perked up and mm-hmm. they said women over 60 who feel invisible. And I thought that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like I know a lot of women that feel invisible when they're 30. And I know a lot of women who feel invisible at any age. And invisibility often happens when we pull back, Mm. because we're dealing with grief, and we don't know how to shift our experience. But grief happens at every age and any age. Grief is something that is a human experience. It, grief is very underserved as well. But I think you're right. If we don't talk about the expanse and the stretch of midlife as this brilliant and beautiful and challenging and, um, you know, gauntlet of an of an experience, sort of the all and the everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, haggitude is expressing an experience of working with these mythic representations of the Kaliak and Hag and Mm -hmm. uh, these beautiful um, Celtic and cross-cultural goddesses, but also bringing in the archetypes of what I call the wisdom years. Mm -hmm. Some people call the elder years. But if our archetypes of midlife travel with us and work with us into our wisdom years, then we're really using the depth and the stretch and the breadth of life to generate something extraordinarily powerful. To me, it's about empowering ourselves individually, sourcing our own empowerment. And that also means gutting through the shitty stuff and meeting the really unknown territory moments where we feel like, where am I and how did I get here? and What is happening? And if we can foster some kind of community and communication with these archetypal energies, listen, you might be working with the edge dancer, the weaver of wild and the priestess of prisms. And I might be working with those same archetypes. But the archetypes you're working with are distinctive they're yours they meet you at your particular age and stage they're helping you in specific ways this is what we're doing we're we're dis, we're creating distinction individuation unique qualities unique relationships with archetypal energies that are not Paint by numbers. They are completely individuated. That to me is incredibly exciting along with all of the layers and the multiple ways we start to see the distinctive, unusual, and absolutely brilliant ways that we can be met when we start to create this way. Life is long and deep and wide. You know, let's have fun with it and let's foster a new kind of conversation about being a woman and, and hold ourselves, um, and create something quite dynamic.
0: Mm, it's so profound. Thank you so much, mom, for being. Yeah my, 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 my mom <laughs> and, be Mama and, Cat. Mama and the, Cat. and the, and, and the, the woman that you are and the leader that you are and, you know, just the, the ripple effect. I just, it's so profound and such an incredible opportunity to be alive right now and to be alive in a, in a female body. And so, um, and thank you to you listening. Thank you for joining us for this podcast episode. And, and if you want to you know, tune in to more conversations like that. Be sure to follow this podcast, exploring all that is sacred. Leave a comment. Let us know if you're going to be joining us for the retreat. I really would love to love to connect ahead of time and hear more of your story and what your desires are. Kat, is there a final message that you would like to leave us with today?
1: Mm, just thinking about how fostering the sacred and bringing ourselves into this space and having these conversations is so brilliant so beautiful and uh, I can't wait to continue having more and what an honor it is to be talking to you and seeing what you get to do you know in these different facets and stages of your work and the wild way that life leads us in new directions so to you and everybody else thank you thank you so much